When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. T'was the night of Christmas, and Raw was still on, as was Fightful.com. Alex, Anna, and Sean. Grinchant Kennedy McMahon made his superstars work. It would make too much sense to not be a jerk. All around the world, he forced his wrestlers to travel. Their families' plans, they all started to unravel. They get two days at home, but work Christmas they shall. When they asked the Grinchant why, he said, God damn it, pal. Sure, they work all year, and it doesn't seem right. But Grinchant McMahon's heart shrank three sizes this night. I give us five minutes. Until we're demonetized. But I'll go ahead and say it. What's up, you guys? I had I had I had to um, I had to mute my microphone to not laugh through that whole thing. <laughs> God damn it, pal. Indeed. We we entertaining, as they say. That's Alex Pawlowski running it pro bono tonight for the love of the game. For the love of the game and the fans. For all you people. That's right. All you people. We're also here with Anna Bauer. Anna, what's up? It's not Christmas there. No, it's it's Boxing Day. It's the day after, and I'm very... Kangaroo's going at it. Yeah, that's exactly the meaning of Boxing Day. This is yeah. when they all come and fight. It's kind of like um, our, our purge. This is today. I'm just very disappointed. I'm wearing my, my warrior ugly Christmas sweater, but my Sleaze Navidad Joey Ryan t-shirt didn't arrive in time. Hopefully tomorrow. I'm trying not to cry. It's okay. Well, my red sweater, maroon sweater, did arrive on time. Alex Thanks. hopefully won't be lit on fire tonight. No, these are all battery operated, so, yeah, it's much, much healthier. <laughs> much healthier. Uh Less carcinogens in, in this, yeah, this yeah. necklace this week. That's right. So uh, Fightful.com, we are here, guys. It is Christmas. Still working. Still doing it. Uh, we posted a lot of stuff that you guys may have missed over Christmas weekend. I know that some of you are checking us out for the first time because we're the only people running live right now. We have exclusives from Michael McDonald, Colby Covington, uh, one of the hottest names in MMA right now, did an exclusive interview with us. Showdown Joe had several features. UFC 219, Cynthia Calvillo. We posted full interviews with Hangman Page and Deanna Perrazzo from this year's Listen Your Boy tapings. And uh, we didn't use all that footage that, that, were, that came from those interviews, so a lot of uncovered stuff. 
I also have a couple of J.J. Dillon and Vince Russo podcasts that I'll probably release in the coming weeks as well. Also, a ton of Royal Rumble content. The Fightful Books It Royal Rumble podcast is now available to non-members of Fightful.com. If you want stuff like that a little bit early, you can register absolutely free at Fightful.com. We have UFC 219 coverage coming up this Saturday, and it is a big one. I had uh, one of the best previews just in the world, period, thanks to all the content that James Lynch got us on the UFC side of things. So go check that out. It is integrated with like interviews with Jason Perillo, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, uh, really every big name in relation to that card. Uh, yeah, pros picks, everything else. We have a ton of stuff up on Fightful.com. Everything across uh, MMA, pro wrestling, boxing, including forums, podcasts, photos, videos. Without further ado, my friends, it's time to talk Christmas Raw. Alex, did it, well, what stood out to you on the show? When, when you think back on 2017 Christmas Monday Night Raw, first off, I'll ask you, was the juice worth the squeeze? They sold out the show. And new tag team champions, what did you think of the show? Uh, the new tag champs are, are very interesting. Um, uh, and cool with them going with a with a, a apparently a total ad lib after the news about Ambrose being out for so long. Like let's let's drastically change direction with what we're doing with with Seth Rollins, and now we got a whole new direction for this Jason Jordan thing to go in. Like I'm I'm that's that's gonna sound to me. Also, Roman Reigns like bumbling over with the Christmas spirit intentionally injuring a man and retribution uh, for injuring another, his own friend. That's always good to see, you know, Roman Reigns not playing well with others. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back smarmy Joe next week and they'll forget all about this, but that's, that's always good to see. It's a step in the right direction. Plus, honestly, what's going to stand out to me is Bo Dallas's Christmas sweater um, with a Santa on it. And the Santa had a fake beard, like actually, sewn into it so that when he was being thrown around the ring by Braun Strowman, the beard was flapping like this. Hey, as I told you, man, the greats always find ways to reinvent themselves. And he knew greats. Anna Bauer did is no longer Christmas there, but uh, you, you are still looking very festive at the very least. I try. I try. What stuck out to you on this show outside of what, what Alex mentioned? Uh, I went into the show thinking, well, they better all be featured tonight if they're all dragged away from their families to be at the show. And then I kind of felt sad that they probably didn't even get to eat Christmas pudding. Finn Balor definitely ate no Christmas pudding because that they they were some abs. Uh, was some abs. I just want to say, my beef with Christmas carolers, what kind of demanding assholes just show up on your stoop demanding figgy pudding? And who has that shit ready? Who? That's a thing? Yeah. Bring oh, us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Yeah, and and br bring it out here. We don't bring want it out. It's freezing out here. Yeah, bring we it out to here. your house for figgy pudding. Are you I don't sure know how they're to make not figgy just pudding. people? Are you sure they're not just homeless people <laughs> pretending to be carolers? See, like, that's the thing. That's so I'm just sitting there wondering, like, hey, listen, I'm a pretty generous guy. Uh, Elijah Burke's Love Alive Charity is my yeah. favorite in the world. Feeds the homeless in Jacksonville. You spent your time getting a job, you can make your own damn figgy pudding. If you can sit out here on my stoop and sing, besides find some looking for warmth and food, 
You can make your own figgy pudding. I don't even have a recipe. Carolers can go to hell. WWE Monday Night Raw kicked off with John Cena. He uh, so generously gave his shirt to a, a child in the crowd and a hat. Elias interrupts, and he is phenomenal in this spot. <laughs> he says that he's been interrupted every single week, and he wants to, to finish one of his songs. We're getting heavy CM Punk chants here. And Elias says, I'll tell you one thing, John. Ain't no damn way CM Punk's going to interrupt me. And that didn't stop the crowd. And at this point, it's past like, hey, we don't like what's on the screen type of thing for the CM Punk chants. These were just CM Punk chants for CM Punk chants. They're in Chicago. It's going to happen. You think? When do you think this stops? I mean, they still chant what after 16 years? I don't think it does stop. And to I hate I hate that they did that. Um, I think Elias in particular is doing exceptional work and has done ever since he got to the main roster. And I'm so happy that he was actually in this spot. Um, I kind of hope that Cena handpicked him for this and that Vince paid attention if he was there and wasn't planning his new football league. Um, but the segment did kind of go into a really bad version of A Christmas Carol. It was like... Super Cena was back and he was super annoying and it was just kind of all over the place and went unreasonably long. And this, for the start of the match, until we finally did realize that everyone outside of America do in fact get ad breaks during the first hour of Raw and missed a bunch of it. Um, you are mad. It's okay. We're, we're foreign heels. We don't count as people. <laughs> um, it seemed very – it was like, okay, so for the first hour without ad breaks, is it just one long segment? Because this is going exceptionally long for no reason. Um, I did like the fact that they got so much offense in for Elias. He looks fantastic, um, and you know that he was going to be beaten. But I kind of would have just preferred that he won, have a strong showing and just win. So they go back and forth a little bit. Uh, and John Cena stops Elias and says, every night you come out here and you say that these people are jerks and then you get interrupted. Maybe you're the jerk. And Elias says, quote, well, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> and then he, then Cena sings with him and Elias throws like the shortest punch I've ever seen, which by the way, I have... Decided after this match, Elias's punches suck ass, by the way. He's got some terrible-looking punches. For all the great things about Elias, he's got really bad punches. But John Cena sold it. Sold it like he wasn't going to be back until the Royal Rumble sold it. Uh, Funny, yeah. <laughs> he laid there flat, and then Elias apparently gets to make his own matches. <laughs> like, people can just run out there, punch John Cena, and make their own matches. Why isn't everybody doing that? This is well, this is the first part uh the segment where where it was obvious that they really rely on those commercial breaks to do stuff. Like if this was just a regular raw, he would have punched John Cena, we would have cut to break, come back from the commercial and said, Oh, during the break, Kurt, General Manager Kurt Angle came out here and made this match. And like, nah, we're not bringing Kurt out to actually do that. So we'll just have this thing happen where John will slowly get up off the canvas. And we'll start a match without a commercial. 
uh, and it just it felt really awkward to go from the knockout punch to John Cena starting the match um, with him just struggling and whatever. But, you know, hey, Wacky John gets to come out and be benevolent to a kid in the audience, and we can't fault him for that. That's great. And he's actually legitimately funny sometimes, so fine. But you have this guy, Elias, who's doing incredible work and has been since he's been on NXT. And, you know, it's cool that he gets to work with John Cena, but I don't think we're going to see John Cena back until the Rumble. And then he might be representing SmackDown. Like, this guy, actually, Elias, actually has something to prove and move forward on his own brand. And, you know, Cena is just the guy who shows up, you know, gives you a present and then leaves for five months. Like he's a deadbeat dad. Here, here's a shirt and a hat, kid. Bye. That's what he did. He really does show up on draft day. Like, <laughs> where's my hand out, guys? Let me get a win. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Uh, personally, I didn't like this match very much. I thought it got really sloppy. Cena's got some ring rust. Like there was a spot where Elias went for his crossroads move and like it was – there were just, it was just clunky. He had to tap John Cena to let him know it was coming. It was very, very obvious. Like I said, Elias's punches were really, really rough. There were a couple of cool spots though. Um, Elias heaved Cena with a slam. I like that. He also took Alberto Del Rio's finish, but made sense of the move. Instead of having John Cena hold with both hands the top rope, John Cena was trying to pull himself up with one, and Elias grabbed the other one to kind of keep him elevated, then did the stump. I love that he made sense of the move. He went for it again. <laughs> no dice. Then he went up to the top rope again, like he was like spamming a momentum meter on a video game or something. Uh, he gets beaten up, ends up hitting a spinning power bomb. I do like that Elias is always adding moves to his arsenal. But, you know, Cena comeback, AA win. You know the drill here, but... I can think of worse things for Elias to be involved in a competitive match against John Cena, but uh, what'd you think of the match overall, Anna? Yeah, it's, I didn't mind it. I just found it was interesting to put three top rope spots in, in, in such near succession to each other. Um, it kind of made it, I think that's what really made the whole entire segment draw out that much longer. Um, I mean, Elias is a monster to do that. It was an awesome cat-like transition from on the shoulder to a sit-out powerbomb. Um, and then there was one, I think it was after the second kick out from Cena, Elias was just sitting there, like, calm, but you could see he was internally stewing. And I just love that that was underplayed and that's all you needed. And that's good acting. Um, yeah, it was just, like, this is boring chance and the booking, the match this long didn't help anything. Alex, uh, we got commercial free over here. It was highly touted in the P in the press release I got last week. I told you all before we went on the air. WWE messaged me back right afterwards and said, "Just to let you all know, just the first hour." I'm like, "Oh, thanks. Merry Christmas." <laughs> Man, I I don't know how I could have taken a three hour raw with no commercials at all, like with all the filler they like. Just oh, let's extend this thing and. Um, yeah, this, 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 you know, like, this is great. This is fine. Whatever. You know, I, I keep thinking of myself, this whole thing of like, John Cena comes to Raw for Christmas, even though he was on SmackDown Survivor Series team. And we never know will it pop up again because, you know, I mean, really the free agent thing is just so 
if he has the night free from all the things he's doing outside of WWE, he can show up on either brand. And that's fine, I guess. But there's no continuity for him here. And, you know, all the stuff that I hear about, you know, like major angles for him at WrestleMania, like, I don't want to see that. I don't see him in a championship match at WrestleMania. That guy does. No, like, it's cool to have him around every now and then, but he's absolutely not a part of WWE for real now. So I, I kind of feel like it's cool for him to show up, but he should be taking the shine off of this kid, Elias, who's doing great work, you know? And, of, well, I don't know that being involved with Elias is necessarily taking the shine off of him. We, right. We've seen but that Elias is going to lose some matches, but, but Cena is the celebrity win. shot in beer pong right now. He's so inconsequential. Like he's involved in the in in the Survivor Series match, but not in any real important part of it. Like he got eliminated pretty quickly. He just shows up here and there, and he'll have a match, and it'll go away. There are worse things than that. He is going to be what he what he is. He he's entered like attraction mode for WWE, and you know losing to John Cena does not hurt Elias. Not not one no, bit. No, but I, I, he also hasn't had a win in a long time and eventually it's just it, yes losing to Cena is not a big deal losing to Roman Reigns isn't a big deal getting squashed by Braun Strowman you'd rather he have had some offense involved but eventually that's just a string of losses no matter who he's lost to sure so up next Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan are sharing a Christmas embrace but Jordan and Rollins want Joe, but instead they get a tag team title match against the bar. Afterwards, uh, they walk away. Angle tells Roman Reigns he has an intercontinental title match against Joe tonight. I really like this because Rollins and Jason Jordan did not like the idea of teaming together until Angle said it was for the tag titles. To me, that increases the profile of the tag titles because these two guys are like, okay, that means something. That matters. It's important. Anna, what did you think of the idea of pivoting to this Rollins-Jordan thing? Do you think that was the plan all along personally, or do you think they had to switch this route because Ambrose got hurt? I think they had to switch. I think maybe they had the plans to put the titles on the shield uh, and then just decided, well, we have enough invested in that with Rollins that we go ahead with it. I thought that this was just a setup for a bigger feud between Rollins and Jason Jordan, to be honest. Um, the segment was fine. I thought Seth was quite good in this. It looked like there was some real frustration coming through, whether it was not being able to spend Christmas with his family or having to tag with Jason Jordan, whatever. Um, my big question was, was Roman Reigns just standing in the background the entire time and no one noticed him? And like, why did he get the shot at Joe after, and didn't they hear that he got the shot after they just asked Angle and they're walking off and like, aren't they angry? And whatever. The Miz Taraj are singing to Mickey James, Bailey and Sasha Banks backstage. They see Goldust and they give him Santa's little, little helper, which Goldust immediately regifts to Titus. Titus uh, gets bitten at and throws, throws the DVD in the air. Alex, uh, What's the lamest gift that you've ever regifted? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> I don't gloves, right? I, no, I, I don't gift those. Let's, be, let's no, be no. Those, those, those are high quality, uh, and I, I need them because it's four degrees outside, 
and in my basement it's not much warmer than that so but um i i don't do a lot of regifting i do a lot of back of the closet ing uh and see them find them five years later and go oh I, i'll probably just donate these um yeah the 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 gift thing was uh was fun um it, let's, let's just hand it to, to dallas and axel for holding it down while Miz was away shooting this movie like these guys have been entertaining for a month straight and they were nowhere on the card before the mistourage thing and apparently shooting shooting this movie gets you christmas off too yeah that's interesting well i guess he tweeted he tweeted something that he was um somewhere uh, with the troops Okay, was, I was gonna say. So help me God, if he was there and they didn't use him, ooh. no, no, no. He he's uh, he actually is with, like on Christmas Day with the troops in like Afghanistan or somewhere. I'm not surprised. Uh, and so he tweeted to he Maurice like, "I'll see you soon." So he didn't get to spend Christmas with his wife and his unborn kid. Like he had to be out working for the company, doing this thing, which was a great thing. But still, he didn't his family either. Um, but yeah, the, the Dallas and Axel, um, like honestly, I expect them to get shelved. When the Miz went away, and they haven't been, and they've been used really, really well, uh, and so I'm, I'm really um, happy for those guys. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun to get um, uh, uh, Goldust and Titus on the show. Yeah, I, I like how they do this. SmackDown at times can be really good at doing that, getting people on the show, even for a second, just getting them on the screen in some way. Speaking of uh, not spending Christmas with your loved ones, Samoa Joe cut a promo backstage, and I love the line that he unleashed about Dean Ambrose and his injury saying that at least he can be home with those that he loves for Christmas. And then he just stares at Renee young. That was just wonderful. It was subtle, but not subtle. That was good stuff, Anna. That was fantastic. And her reaction was even better. <laughs> she's so good at her damn job. Like she's so re yeah. so great at it. And Charlie Caruso is like approaching mm -hmm. like Renee levels of where, where kind of where she was at that point in time too. They got a couple of really good ones there, and that's refreshing because for a long time, they didn't have really good ones. They had really bad ones over and over again. People calling Jeff Hardy, Jeff Harvey, like yeah. shit like that happening all the time. It was rough yeah. for quite a while. Uh, Alex, anything to add to the Samoa Joe promo backstage? No, Samoa Joe's, um, he, like we said, we said it every week. Like this guy's just so, so on top of his game, and it's it's a marvel to watch. He's he's one of the only consistently great guys in these kind of segments. Like he, even if he even if he's told to do the, uh, what am I saying? I'm saying this, or you people, or uh, you know, what's, what's the, you see. Even if he does, if he's told to say all those things, he's able to do that with a way that doesn't make it seem forced and cliched and stupid like he's 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 able to rise above all that kind of material and yeah that that line you know just cutting to the quick with renee young was just great just great by the way i've been told that vince mcmahon thinks that cesaro talking with a mouse mouthpiece is hilarious so that's why we're getting that that's why we're getting that all the time like not only that, like there there will be spots written in to make sure that Cesaro talks even more. Like like Seamus saying, "Oh no, you got to read the card. You got to read the card." Uh, he gives he being Seamus gives Cesaro a Dean Ambrose figure with no arm. <laughs> Cesaro got Seamus a Seth Rollins figure and a Jason Jordan one. Seamus doesn't want the Jason Jordan one, and Cesaro says, "Well, nobody does." Kurt Angle doesn't even want Jason Jordan. 
that was a solid burn as well. Solid. We'll talk more about them later. Oh, boy, Alex. Uh, Hideo Itami and Brian Kendrick. I'll compliment Brian Kendrick's Zubaz tights. Those are kind of cool looking. All right. That was the only thing I liked about this match. So I get it, guys. I mentioned the – I've actually not had anybody complain, but I mentioned the the commentary team saying, oh, a lot, but especially when they're trying to get somebody's offense over, they're told to accentuate action in the ring and strikes with that term. Uh, And when somebody is debuting, they often do that. And when it's a strike, they often do that. Hideo Tommy is this amalgamation of all of the factors, and it creates a goddamn monsoon of oh, yeah, over and over. Yeah, it's real bad. The crowd sat on their hands for this match. Alex, is it just me? But it, it, maybe it's just me. Is demanding respect from the crowd verbally like that's not a babyface move to me? Saying Listen. like you respect me. <laughs> I know you've been chanting for this one guy and this move I'm about to do, even though I made it up, it's going to remind you of him, but you will respect me. Yes. Um, uh, I'll tell you what else isn't a baby face move that we'll see later is taking a man, beating him down in the corner and shoving the ref away from you when he gets, tries to get you to stop. But that's bad. It's the the WWE. You're not allowed to, to do, you're allowed to do, Things that are not baby faceish because you're because there's no such thing anymore. You're all just a gray area of douche, you know. So so whatever, you know, it's fine. Um, I, I I don't I don't love what they're doing with the Tommy unless it's building to a, to a heel turn. Like I say, like you could you could eat, you could get me to watch a heel of Tommy versus Finn Balor program that would be so awesome and. Uh, Finn Balor wouldn't have to work matches with Kurt Hawkins, which we'll talk about briefly later. I'm assuming, like this, the, they're utilizing him. Like, who cares? Like, I, I don't. I mean, like, either either put him right in the championship picture. Like right now, you're doing this thing with Cedric. You know, like he deserves to be have the focus on him. You should bring in Hitami to be the next challenger, not some guy who just you know fights Brian Kendrick. Anna, uh, it looked like Hideo Itami really messed up Brian Kendrick. That's not going to do him any favors backstage. But um, how much of this did you actually get to see? Uh, us foreign heels saw nothing of this. We saw the pretty lackluster introduction from Kendrick and Gallagher, and then Itami came out, and that was it. And we saw an ending. Oh, it came back, and you just saw Brian Kendrick. Get like, like a brain we saw, we saw the very end of the back okay. of the match. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. as this happens, does it cut back in the middle of like sentences on commentary? How does that work? For for us in Australia, we didn't miss out anything like dialogue wise in ring. We'll come back to yeah, like there'll be mid sentence in commentary or it's just I don't think it was planned at all for any of the stations that were running it tonight from like anything was deliberate. Um, Someone tweeted me to say that they missed the ending of a match because they got to ad break. And when they came back, the match was done. Mm. Just really wasn't good. So Hideo Itami was spinning his tires in NXT for years. He just never clicked. He had his best matches earlier this year as a heel. I, I just don't, I don't see it with Atami. I, I appreciate them put, putting him on the main roster, giving him a shot. 
because I don't think that's going to hurt the profile of 205 Live at all. But I, I just don't see it. Anna, what, where do you see his ceiling on the main roster? It's going to take some carving out, I think, on his behalf as to who he is, what he's about, because it's just kind of like I'm here and I'm in a bad mood. And that's kind of what I was getting from NXT, and it's, it's, it feels like that's what this is now. Um it's just going to take a bit of soul searching, I guess. Well, Alex, yeah. anything? The 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 thing about uh, two hundred five live is just you think about the guys who have left or or been injured at the wrong times and stuff like that. Um, the whole Rich Swan deal, like all of these really cool matchups we could have for the title uh, and the program they're in. If, you know, like Neville versus like top of his game, Hideo Itami, like I, I, sign me up for that. You know, like I want to see Hideo Itami versus Rich Swan. I want to see, uh, you know, I, I, we never got the chance to have that Austin Aries versus Hideo Itami program in NXT. They could have run that back. That could have been fun if Austin was still around. There's all kinds of things that you could have done with all this stuff. But it feels like now it's, it is literally the Zoe show. And he's doing a great job, but but the the kind of cruiserweight action that we were all we all loved those of us who were like me anyway, who loved the what we loved the cruiserweight classic for, we're not getting that any anymore. It's, Think about where we, they'd be from a personality standpoint, though, if not for Enzo. Like oh, oh absolutely, Enzo, but but the rub that he's given to Drew Gulak as a result, my God, absolutely. You take you take the good with the bad. You know what I mean? Like, and and the great of of the Enzo situation is that, and you have all these things like whatever they're doing with Brian Kendrick and and Jack Gallagher, like those guys being so far down the card and just getting squashed by Adeo Itami. You know, Kalisto was there and he was a big deal, and now he's like not. You know, like they can't find T.J. Perkins hasn't been on TV in months. You know, like and he was your first ever champion. There's like they're trying to figure out what to do with this. And, you know, if it becomes more along the lines of what it is now, which is the Zoe show and occasionally some really great matches, fine. But I thought we were going to get, like, barn burners all the time. And we're getting those occasionally, but just, yeah. Oh, Sean's muted. You muted, Sean. Whoops. A couple of quick <laughs> plugs, you guys. Tuesday and Wednesday mornings, as well as after every WWE, Ring of Honor, and Impact pay-per-view, I post match ratings that go up on Fightful.com. Also, Friday mornings, I post the uh, Fightful Wrestling Weekly. It is a bunch of exclusives, kind of behind-the-scenes type of stuff that don't necessarily fit into articles, but uh, maybe some stuff that went that didn't go into the articles from people we talked to. A lot of cool exclusives that you'll only find at Fightful.com in that every Friday morning. You can head over to FightfulWrestling.com. Go to our exclusive section and find the first two editions. Uh, also, this Wednesday morning, my latest long-form feature uh, about the NWA releases. You all are going to really like that. I talked to a bunch of people about it, about how 10 Pounds of Gold kind of transformed the image of the NWA far after I thought they had any chance to do it. Uh, you're going to hear some of the interviews on Listen Your Boy episodes coming up soon. Uh, but that is a, a feature along the lines of the ones I did uh, about Shane Crutchton and Gerald Harris on the MMA side and uh, Muhammad Hassan 
the Brawl for All and the Kentucky Wrestling Commission on the wrestling side. So definitely check that out. Uh, if you all share it, I would greatly appreciate it. It drops Wednesday morning. And, of course, listen, your boy, even though that most of Canada is kind of shut down this week, Jimmy and Nigel are going to be in the office to uh, bring you all that show. A programming note for tomorrow, though, Showdown Joe is flying to Japan to call the action for Ryzen this weekend. So instead, uh, we are running our UFC 219 uh, feature special preview that I got all those interviews on and things like that. So no holy smokes tomorrow. Instead, we have our UFC 219 preview. So, well, I don't want to skip ahead, actually, because I wanted to talk about this Naya and Enzo business, but uh, a little ahead of myself right now. Absolution versus Bailey, Sasha Banks, Mickey James. This is the third time this match has happened in two and a half weeks. Alex is a little lazy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, li- it's a little lazy to have the same program going on on Raw and SmackDown and not think that we would we wouldn't notice um yeah but yeah it, it is lazy however sonia deville got to get some serious shine My god in she this looked match. good didn't she she looked great she looked like the star of 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 the whole six of them that, that came back and he, i'm including page like page on the mic's been great he's been a little rusty in the ring but sonia tonight looked like dynamite looked like something special in the women's division i thought mickey james's kicks looked really good tonight too uh, Sasha bumped like crazy for that Sonya Deville clothesline. That was really good. There was a spot where Sasha was stretching for a tag, and they made it look really, really good. The elbow drop that Mandy Rose did afterwards did not. Bailey gets a hot tag, but uh, Deville, Deville pulls Paige out after a Bailey to or belly to Bailey. All hell breaks loose. Paige wins with the rampage. They're giving Paige all the, the pins and stuff, but I think Sonya stood out. What else uh, of this match did, like, really stuck out to you, Anna? She looks incredible. For some reason, for the past three weeks, I seem to keep, like, only half watching these matches. So, for me tonight, I really love this. Um, and it made the SmackDown women's roster, their little version of this, look like the D version. It's a D-grade ripoff which is incredibly unfortunate. Um, Paige is just fantastic, and I'm so glad that I actually get to do a show with her in it. So happy Rusev Day, everyone. This is a fantastic gift. Um, That clothesline from... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Deville looked incredible. And then there was a moment where she smashed, uh, smashed Sasha to the ground by her hair, which just looked vicious as hell. And then... Paige at one point was standing on Sasha's hair and was called off by the ref. And she was like, what? I didn't see that. I thought that was cool. Um, And just a quick side note, Michael Cole ripping on Corey Graves for putting in a weird science reference in 2017. Hmm. Michael Cole ripped on Corey Graves for an out-of-date reference. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Kane defeated Heath Slater. Heath Slater does not seem excited to face Kane. Rhino in an inset promo with a new beard says that he's toughening up Heath Slater. Uh, Heath gets beaten up pretty badly. Rhino keeps pushing him in the ring. After a brief brief comeback, Slater loses. Rhino also gets choke slammed after the match. He is not in good shape, but uh, they both got hope spots. And, you know, this is a little different, Alex, than what I had expected out of Heath Slater and Rhino. I expected, like, I don't know, Rhino to like make Heath Slater roll down the hill in a tire or maybe change the oil of, of a like a vehicle or something. Like, I don't know what I expected. I expected, and I'm sorely disappointed that I did not get shot for shot remakes of Rocky training montages. Like with <laughs> with with them in in short shorts running through down a beach. And then when, when, when Rocky, when, when Heath finally beats Rhino in the race, they celebrate by hugging in the, in the surf. Like, I wanted that. Uh, I, I didn't get that. So far, there's still, there's still hope. Um, uh, big ups to the dude in the front row who came prepared with a sign so big it took up two poster boards that said to Kane, don't you have mayor stuff to do? <laughs> I had that in my notes that this guy was like on Kane's ass about his mayor duties. <laughs> he came he came heckled with two signs that he carried together and then opened up so that he could say, "Don't you have mayor stuff to do?" God, that's great. Because because don't you, Kane? Don't you? Please do that. Anna, what do you see in the future for Heath Slater and Rhino? I really hope it's a training montage. I, yeah. all, all ideas expressed here tonight, that's what I want to see. I just, I love him so much. And I, just part of me just, was a little bit crushed that he didn't win. I know it's not going to happen for a very long time, if ever, but he's he's just that good. Just just picture Heath Slater working the speed bag, and then it pans over to, to Rhino extolling him on while also eating cheese whizzes and crackers. Like, it writes itself, just do this. Instead of doing like the tire iron lift, it's just his kids one by one, picking them up, putting them down. Amazing. Finn Balor defeated Kurt Hawkins. I like Balor's red gear. Everybody else wears black. This is a squash match. Said that Goldberg should be Kurt Hawkins' 173rd loss or Gilbert because I'm not picky. And we got a a squash from, from Finn. I don't want this streak to ever end. I want this to take out the record for the end of time. 
they've already got 146, 147 today. Just, just keep going with it. No one's worthy enough to break this streak. You know, um, uh, back in NXT, in NXT a, a while back, they were doing this gimmick with uh, Andrade Almas long before he became champ, where he was just aloof and didn't really care. And the big deal was that he lost to Cesar Bononi. Um, and that like, was enough to like get um, the Zelina Vega to show up and whip him back into shape. I feel like that's the rock bottom for the guy who doesn't care storyline in WWE. The guy who's just like doesn't really care whether he wins or losses is that he's the guy who will lose to a distraction roll up to Kurt Hawkins. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've sunk so low. I've got to get back on my game. Like, I feel like that's the end game with this. Um, but yeah, whoever gets beaten by Kurt Hawkins can have like a career rebirth by losing to Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. Which is, and you know, Kurt Hawkins can get a little bit of shine doing that as well because when he does win, they, it should be celebrated at the very least. Because right. if WWE has acknowledged it, let alone this many times, they're going to capitalize on it, I would imagine. I mean, even James Ellsworth, like, they teased the Becky Lynch thing for so long. They made sure to get that in before they fired his ass. I know. <laughs> They're like, we're going to pay this off and then buy. Right before Christmas, you're yeah. fired. Yeah. Damn. Ray Wyatt cuts a promo backstage. It's spooky. He's here. But then when he gets in the ring, Woke and Matt attacks, and damn, this crowd was crazy for it. It carried over into the aforementioned Cesaro and Sheamus segment, Alex. Yeah. Just nonstop chance, delete chance that, yeah, this is working. Now, granted, you can say that the two biggest reactions were in, like, what, L.A. and Chicago? Yeah. Okay, fine. Those are two really good markets. If you're going to be over there, then good. Yeah, well, here's the deal. Like, if you're over in L.A., like, Los Angeles County has millions and millions and millions of people. Like Chicago, the Chicagoland area, millions and millions and millions of people. So, like, if you're over in these states, like, it's not like, oh, well, you're, how, how are you doing in Omaha? Well, Omaha's got, like, 600,000 people. Maybe. I don't even know. I'm just throwing that out there as a number. It's not L.A. or Chicago. So if you're just going by the overall population of the people who watch your show, that's big. Also, I wanted to note uh, Matt Hardy's pr- promo after the beatdown of just him – Stay in the ring laughing like a crazy man, and then they pet, they show they show Bray Wyatt on top of the ramp, and he's doing one of these things. Uh, and if you can be crazy enough that you make Bray Bray Wyatt do the um, is anybody <laughs> gonna check on this guy thing, then you're doing something right. So I'm I'm into Bray Wyatt maybe becoming aware of how normalized his shtick is when he actually comes up against real crazy. Yeah, like he should be like, man, you're kind of weird. Yeah, Dude, you're freaking me out, and I'm a swamp Billy cult leader. Like, that's cool. You, you can the figure out God. How... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would have loved yeah. if he said it was his birthday today. Like, that would have been <laughs> the peak. That would have been the peak. Uh... <laughs> Anna, you think we get this at the Royal Rumble, like this one-on-one match? I think so. I'm not entirely sold. We still got five weeks, so they could put it on Raw. Yeah, maybe they're waiting to see what the reaction is because for WWE, the the Woken thing is very different. Um, I'm not entirely sold on this feud 
just because of the history with Sister Abigail being the Snapchat queen filter and all that kind of stuff. But I am very curious to see where Matt Hardy takes it. If they actually give him some kind of control over this, it's going to be good. I hated, I hate the graphic after he does the laugh and then it's the, the broken thing and, like, that's just not necessary. I guess they don't know how else to get out of that. Um, my only other thing is watching Bray Wyatt, especially now with this level of crazy he's up against, he's been out crazied, to give him more of a Charles Manson kind of gimmick where it is just a dude who does think he is like a god, but he doesn't, it's not about the supernatural stuff. It's just more about the cult leader, about, you know, maybe thinking that voices are talking to him through records, but it's not like I am embodying, um, I'm, you know, Sister Abigail is coming through me through a Snapchat filter, like ground some kind of reality into it and you will have something good, I think. We have a Christmas-themed cruiserweight match. They're like candy Singapore canes, things like that. This is not the <laughs> cruiserweight match that would, you really want to build the brand on. It's a showcase for Cedric, who gets a title shot next week. They win. But backstage, Enzo's walking around very dejected, very unhappy. He runs into Nia Jax underneath the mistletoe, and they're about to go at it. And then Alexa Bliss jumps in between them. Anna, break down as much of this as you want to. Well, the match itself, um, they had a hard time following up. The Young Bucks posted a short street fight, I guess, in their living room with Santa earlier yeah, tonight, which was awesome. Very good. So, yeah, big shoes to fill. Uh, Drew Gulak as an elf is something that I didn't know I needed to see, but I did. Um, it's... Oh, I will say one other thing about the match that was a good point. Um, Booker bringing up that Mustafa Ali used to be a police officer in Chicago, I thought was really cool. That is cool. But with the Enzo Naya thing, she she's trying she's trying really hard. You you can tell, but you can also tell that there is a level of discomfort or awkwardness there that's just like coming through that plastered smile to the point where with the mistletoe, I was just like, please don't, just someone interrupt this. But then a weird thing happened when Alexa did interrupt it and Naya walked off with her. I felt disappointed for Enzo, and I don't know why, and I don't know how that's possible, but something about what happened made me want this to happen. Um, It's a confusing time in my life, and I don't know where this is going, but uh, mixed tag, I guess. We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll have like a South Pacific power couple kind of thing with them making out the ring. I don't know. Oh, God. Alex, do we see some some Enzo, Naya, just smooching action? I think the next step is for um, Naya to, like, uh, be seen sneaking out of the men's locker room or something. Like, it's good. But the the whole thing is that what that is going to do is, like, because we never actually see it, it'll be like, oh, she was there to, like, you know, say hi to her cousin something you know like yeah. i don't know it'll be, but that's the whole thing is that it doesn't matter cousin. because they're they're yeah because like no because if the roman is the rock's cousin uh, and she's the rock's cousin aren't I they get it. yeah i get it i get it okay whatever um but the deal is is that uh like this is just gonna keep going and going and going because the wdb likes to spin their wheels um 
uh, until either A, somehow they get together, or B, Naya is setting up Enzo for some reason to, to beat the crap out of him. Which, you know, either way, I mean, I'm down for whatever. Because what you got to do is you got you to gotta keep Naya as far away from absolution as possible. And, um, I mean, like, you just do. Because I, I I, otherwise she'd be just wiping the floor with Mandy Rose all day. So like she did last just, week or the week before? Yeah. Yeah. This is, I, but I'm saying, as, like, that was the deal where, like, let's yeah. put everybody in the I ring know. and have them beat everybody up, which I didn't like at the time, if you recall. Sure. So let's do this instead. Well, their interactions are super over with the crowd. crowd was waiting for those. Speaking of spinning your tires, Samoa Joe defeated Roman Reigns via DQ. But in the match, both of these guys seemed really motivated and had good chemistry. Joe throws, like, nice strikes at the end of his suicide dives. He, like, working an elbow. There's some good back-and-forth action. But Joe eventually gets the DQ. I thought this was a lame ending for a Christmas edition of Raw. You brought these guys all the way to Raw to do a DQ finish. Mm. Afterwards, Reigns runs off the stairs and hits a Superman punch, then picks up the stairs and attacks Joe with him because he's out for revenge. Joe barely escapes having his arm hit with a chair. Alex, what would you think of the the match and the follow-up? Uh, match was good. It was good to see both guys really motivated. Um, uh, you know, the Roman thing, like this is what happens when you mess with my family deal and Joe just hating all things S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, uh, it, it made it, you know, the, the fact that it was for the title made it, made it important. Uh, on top of the grudge match feature to it, which I like. Um, I did not like that they had this finish um, on Christmas, mostly. On another night, I would have been, like, fine with it um, because it's just what Raw does. Because if you prolong this thing beyond, um, then after the, the aftermath of Roman, like, not not giving, this taking, you know, like... This would have been perfectly acceptable on Boxing Day. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I was fine with it. But, yeah. on Christmas, <laughs> but on Christmas, like the fans are there, they want to see a result. Um, but uh, but Roman just taking it too far after the match, as he did low those men like almost exactly a year ago uh, against Rusev, where he just all of a sudden when when Roman Reigns just snaps and just like okay yes you've you've insulted me once, and or, or you've hurt my friend, now I'm going to end your career. Yay, Roman! Is like it's a weird thing for for us to, to get behind, but uh, but at least it's different. I'm not trying to make him, you know, get over with, you know, jokes. So this is better. Anna, what do you got on this one? I really liked it because it was personality from Roman Reigns. That's kind of it. I mean. The whole face heel thing has been out the window with him for a while. I'm just glad that this is this is a direction, and I really so hope that they. Often it seems like he doesn't care, but tonight he had some fire. Yeah, well, there was just something. There's now something for him to work with. He's not just out there to be everyone's favorite. He actually has a purpose. He actually has a vendetta, and it's 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 fuel for the fire. Yeah, as you said, whether or not they're going to acknowledge it moving forward, that's something else. Um, but it's several thousand steps up from sucker and suffer that I can't even say it. I hate it so much. They, yeah. they really protect him on the mic for, from that. Like, I don't remember the last time he's been out there cutting one of those promos by himself for like longer than 
five minutes. Like I, they just don't do it. And because of that, I think that the quality of his segments has just drastically improved. They looked at it and they said, okay, maybe this isn't the spot we need him in doing this. So let's just avoid it. And they have, and I think it's, it's worked out famously for them. Secret Santa match. Ms. Taraj finds out who their opponents are when he comes out. It's Braun. Bo Stell's a great clothesline. They lose. Braun wins. He kills them. They're dead. R.I.P. in peace. Braun continues to beat down after the match. Alex, this is exactly what I said it was. It's Exactly. There's no, nothing more than that other than, than Braun now gets to do the one more time, one more time. Yes, you get to because I'm a babyface now. It's cool. He gets, to, he gets to give the crowd that gratification, and that's fun. Anna, anything on this? This no, is a placeholder. Dead. Dead, dead, dead. Yeah. Alexa Bliss comes out and talks some trash, says that she'll be ready for whoever wins the Royal Rumble. Asuka enters the Rumble and kicks Alexa Bliss. This isn't really worth talking about because they're just going to do this with a person every time. But Sasha Banks on Twitter was just like, LOL. By the way, I'm in. Like, that's it. Like, because even she's like, really? We're all doing this? Like, there's not that many of us. Like, what is, a, is Dana Brooke just going to get left out? I'd love for Dana Brooke to just be like, I'm not entering. Not at all. I have all of these stats to statify for my, in my job <laughs> as statistician. She's going to do the fightful stat tracker this year because David is going to be covering the event. So he can't do the stat tracker this year. Exactly. So it's like somebody has to – she's got to track the stats. That's her Damn. job now. She's got she's got glasses and everything. She's she a statistician. WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan defeated the bar to become Raw Tag Team Champions. In the backstage promo, which I just thought was badass – like, so many things happen at once. Jason Jordan says that he makes a good replacement for Ambrose, and Rollins got pissed off. That was so good. In the meantime, Seth Rollins manages to put over the entire WWE roster about five weeks before you really need that entire roster to be over for this Royal Rumble match. Because he said, you can't go out there and say, oh, I hung with him. I'm here to win. And just because... You hang with top competition doesn't mean anything because everybody here is top competition. It goes a long way when Seth Rollins says that. Like, I know that's something that a guy like Triple H understands because he's had people say it on NXT before and he's had commentators echo that sentiment on NXT before. But, you know, Vince McMahon has always been a guy who likes a clear and divisive point between his top guys and the guys who are not his top guys and perceiving them on different levels. But I thought this was uh, pretty solid stuff. Anna, what did you think of the backstage segment? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Rollins was on it tonight with the promos. Um, And as frustrating as Jason Jordan is, they are doing a very good job with scripting him, and he's doing a very good job with delivery because it's it's bringing up emotions. It's well played. Alex, uh, WWE says, and you'll hear me me and Brian Rose and everybody else who writes for Fightful, until more solid information comes out, you'll hear us say WWE says or claims or per WWE that Dean Ambrose is out for nine months. I say that because WWE really likes to work the fans as it relates to how long people will be out. They did it with Braun. They've done it with a bunch of people. And the thing is, there's a real good chance 
that nobody will know when Dean Ambrose is going to come back until he's back because he is such a private person. He's yeah. not out doing interviews. He's not out doing public appearances, anything like that. Like he's very private. He's not on social media. So you're not going to see him like all healed up in a few weeks, months, whatever. Somebody did say, God, I wish I could remember who they were on Twitter so I could shout them out. I'm always so bad about that. But they said that he should be a correspondent on the streets of New yes. Orleans yes. during WrestleMania weekend. Yes. If anybody remembers who that is, let me know so no, I can. I, I know. It's it's uh, the guy who was the scribe for Broken Matt Hardy in uh, TNA. That hey, guy. there we I go. Mean, I don't know his name, but that's the guy who it is. Well, he's uh, great. That was a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. If he's out... He, he should absolutely be the guy roving reporter on the street. And listen, if they're trying to, like, if he's actually out through Mania and they're not going to bring him back as a surprise at Mania, um, they should have him in his sling. You know, like, like pull out, like, a flask of whiskey out of the sling and drink from it. There's a lot of cool things you can do. I guess you can't do that at PG. But, like, but whatever it is, like, there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with Dean Ambrose. Um, I agree with you that we have to, like, take WWE's injury thing with a grain of salt. Uh, they did it with with uh, Braun Strowman uh, earlier this year when they said he was going to be out for like he's going to be out for five months. He's back in two weeks, um, but that's because they wanted to sell Braun Strowman as this unstoppable monster who can yes. heal his own injuries. That's that's cool. It's not necessarily Dean's gimmick to be that guy. If he if he is out for nine months, that's a long time. But dude, a, a triceps tendon tear. Like like everything that you do in wrestling involves your triceps. Like mm-hmm. that's like that's crazy. Like if that if it's really as bad as they say it is, I could buy him having to be out for that long with the recovery and then the rehab time. Another quick plug before we get into the match. Myself, Alex, Jeff, tentatively scheduled for Wednesday evening. We're going to do live well, not live commentary. We're going to do an alternate commentary track over the 2005 Royal Rumble, and I have a ton of backstage behind the scenes info on that. Uh, you all will be able to sync up with us. We're going to kind of not necessarily call the action, but provide like an alternate uh, commentary track. I specifically told Alex to not do any prep because I don't think he's watched it. I want to get his reactions on the thing because I have watched it uh, a few times and I have talked to people about it and done some research on it. So I want Alex to be around maybe to ask some questions that I hadn't thought about things like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a ton of Royal Rumble content coming up. I have uh, republished the Retro Rumble stuff. The Fightful Books It Royal Rumble Changes is out. Uh, Royal Rumble Stats will be out. We've got just a lot of stuff coming up. Jason Jordan in this match wearing gear that looks exactly like the bars. Again, I don't get it. Uh, Seth Rollins played babyface in peril just fantastically. Even absent-mindedly trying to tag, and even more absent Jason Jordan in the corner, <laughs> like so dramatically. <laughs> uh, we also saw a European uppercut into an Irish curse. I thought that was very good. As is Jordan Spear into the corner. That thing always looks good. Like yep. I don't know if it's on him doing it or if it's the person selling it. Like going into the turnbuckle, it might be like one of the like everybody always used to say road dogs punches looked so good. Cause, and he would always would say it's cause he had the person bump on the last one. He would ask them to do it. If they wouldn't do it, he didn't do the punch. It might be a thing with Jason Jordan where he kind of goes to the people and smartens them up and say, it says, Hey, why don't you kind of dive yourself into that turnbuckle to make this look even better? If so, that's incredibly savvy based on whoever's doing it. My question is, Anna, why the hell did the ref stop counting when Rollins jumped in the ring? 
And did that because body press. The refs in WWE are programmed to not be very intelligent. That's not them in their real life. They've just been programmed when the camera goes on or when they're in that ring to drop their IQ a bit and be like seagulls and anything shiny they will look at and that's it. It was – I enjoyed the match. It was kind of shambolic but in a good way. It, it had three spots I found hilarious that I don't think they intended to be that funny. Um, like Seamus holding Seth's legs as he scrambled to reach Jordan was just, I was crying. Um, Roland's going to tag the air and Jordan wasn't there. That's another one. I can't remember what. Oh, and then Jordan running and ramming Seamus turnbuckle to turnbuckle. I don't know why I found that funny. It was just so over the top. Um, Rollins is so good in this position of it's like Dave, David versus Goliath, but Goliath is just really shitty, unfortunate situations that he's been stuck in. Um, and we got the finish that we got. Like I said, I thought that this was just going to be Jordan lacing, um, letting uh, Rollins down and then it was going to be an even bigger feud. But I'm on board with this. I want to see where they take it. They have somehow made – in kayfabe, a six foot three, two hundred and forty five pound guy who was a great collegiate wrestler and is the son, quote unquote, of Kurt Angle, an underdog, and it's because he's he's hung with all these guys, but he he never beats them. He never beats them. He beat Bray Wyatt, but other than that, he's not really beating a lot of people. Booker as well. You like <laughs> I did have to know who he was talking about he's got to toughen up like yeah okay we know what's good he slater wrestled matches ago what are you talking about Booker? <laughs> oh man so jason jordan becomes the first man to win both the raw and smackdown tag team championships since the brand split new day held them both but they didn't win the raw tag team championship they were just kind of switched over how long does does this marriage last alex because it's very obvious that the Rollins Joe Jordan thing has got to come sooner or later. But my, I, I really thought that it would go the opposite way. I thought Joe was going to win the Intercontinental title, and then Jordan and Rollins maybe don't win the tag team titles. And because mm-hmm. of that, you get that natural triple threat match because I don't know. And it seems awfully close to the Brock Kane Braun thing, is why I wondered this. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of stuff that I thought there were ways they could have gone. I I did think it was more likely that Samoa Joe would win the IC belt, and then he would have Roman wanting his rematch at the same time that Seth wants a point piece of Joe, and Jordan does. So you have a triple threat match between Roman, Seth, and and Jordan to see who gets to face Joe. Like I thought that was a more possible thing, um, but this really changes a lot. Like, you can do a lot of stuff with it. You can have uh, Seth and Jordan lose the tag team titles, like, immediately because they can't coexist. You could have them, you know, this whole thing is that the can't coexist tag team either breaks apart immediately or somehow finds a way to coexist and they become uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, multiple-time tag champs, uh, who now, like, it's hard for me to imagine them not together considering they work so well together now and, you know, they've been such a part of 2017 Raw, uh, to think about them before when I thought, oh, my God, these guys aren't really going to be a tag team, are they? No, they're great. So that's interesting. I I don't know what they're going to do with this, but I'm 
certainly here for it. Like, let's get this thing done. Um, uh, I did think it was funny, the whole like, oh, what? Well, well, remember, Cesaro is the legal man here. Uh, and they're saying that as Cesaro appears to be trying to get Sheamus up off the ground on the outside so he can be in the match. Like Cesaro didn't realize he was the legal man, which was interesting, but they didn't play up that part of it. Like when he got pinned. Um, not, not only so, that, Cesaro and Sheamus both being in the ring far beyond the point where they were supposed to be doesn't right. break up the count. No. But Seth Rollins then jumping in does. Yes. That didn't make yeah. any sense. If you guys watched my Ring of Honor final battle review, like you saw how much I hate the rest being buried like this all the time, like just made to look stupid. And it's on the wrestlers, too. It's on the wrestlers as they're coming up with this match to think, uh, maybe it makes sense for us, but does it make sense for that other guy in the ring who's kind of supposed to uphold the justice and the law of, of the squared circle? It's a bummer. It's a bummer. But uh, I thought the match was good overall. Uh, you know, I, I could have watched worse episodes of Raw on Christmas, but that being said, with what they did, I I don't see why they couldn't have just given them the night off. Yeah. Well, that, considering how it was sold out, that's, I'm guessing, a guarantee that next year it's going to be Christmas Eve and Christmas for them. Which My sucks. God, and that's that's brutal. That's real brutal. I hate that, and I've talked to people in WWE who have voiced that concern and said, we don't want to do it next year because, that, like you said, that's Monday and Tuesday next year. So you had like every all these wrestlers from different promotions and the promotions themselves subtly or blatantly making reference to this like hangman adam page his merry christmas was and thank you ring of honor for giving us this time off yeah impact says something as well and it's just like this are you talking about the hangman page who i have an exclusive interview with up on fightful.com that i actually am hot damn hot dog should run over and check that out right now. You should. Again. Many people. For the tenth did. time. Many we people. Should, we should did. all go over and check that out right now. Yeah, they should definitely check out my NWA long form feature. The latest in that series. It drops Wednesday morning. I've got interviews with Tim Storm. Uh, that guy is a fascinating dude. He is a guy who I used to. I would pull up the NWA Wikipedia page and be like, "Who's their champion right now?" And I'd say, "Who's this geezer?" 52 years old. What's up with that? How's that going? And then then the 10 Pounds of Gold series uh, released. If you all haven't seen it, I recommend watching it from the first episode on. It is remarkable. I spoke to Dave Lagana, Dan Severn, uh, Colt Cabana, Shane Taylor of Ring of Honor, who had actually uh, wrestled Tim Storm in the past. Like it, it's It's... And usually I don't use outside quotes in these long-form stories, but I did use outside quotes from Bruce Starr, who formerly owned the NWA, Shane Douglas. I used uh, an old quote from Nick Aldis, who I interviewed, and he had kind of an unusual contract with TNA. They ended up walking away from a lot of money uh, in, but I'm very proud of that. It drops Wednesday morning at like 6 in the morning. Make sure you all check it out. Make sure you share it. Let people know about it. I would really appreciate that. Anna, what do you got going on this week? I'm having a holiday for the first time in a very, very long time. Nice. Nice. You have yes. any New Year's Eve plans? No. No. Trying to pretend it isn't happening. Probably <laughs> sleep. 
I don't know. Um, but yes, we actually do at EPW Perth on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram have a series of interviews coming out with the champions, uh, EPW champion, tag, uh, tag champions, and coastal champions, all in Generation Zero, um, hosted by yours truly, Anna Ashley, interviewer, not porn You're star. You're Anna Ashley? I'm Anna Ashley. I know. Anna? Anna. Oh, ah! Alex, what's your week looking like? You had your first Christmas with the little one. I did, yeah. Uh, was she a little old. snot? Did she throw her gifts in the floor and say, terrible? No, she, uh, she's, a, she's, a, she's actually 11 months old on the 26th. So um, t- t- tomorrow or today, whenever, whatever time zone you're in. I'm from uh, the future, baby. Yeah. Today, uh, happy birthday. She she was great. It's uh, it kind of amazing and humbling to, like, you know, be – a dad for the first time on Christmas is kind of crazy. Um, but we had like my, my parents here and my, my, uh, my wife's parents here for Christmas dinner. It was crazy. Open presents did the whole deal. Uh, it was a big Griswold family Christmas. Uh, and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, now I'm just going to recoup from that for, I think a couple of days. Guys, thank you guys for joining us on Christmas. We did, Great numbers. We're the only major website doing a, a live podcast right now, still working Christmas. So thank you to Anna. Thank you to Alex. And thank you to you guys for joining in with us. Visit Fightful.com, retweet our articles, share them on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, all that good stuff. Subscribe, like, thumbs up. That stuff helps more than I can imagine. You can click that little bell on our YouTube and uh, you will get the notifications when we go live. We're also available on Google Play. Uh, Spotify, everything, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Player FM. Thank you guys so much, and Merry Christmas. We are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.